gentlemen, and welcome to another Disjunctive Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Hello, who is excited for the next to last Thursday of September? I maybe I don't know. That's kind of a weird question to ask. I mean, there's always questions to be asked. What makes a question weird? Is it the fact that we're asking a question at all? Is any question not weird? The next to last Thursday in September? I mean, it, it's not like it holds special significance that I know of. Maybe you should make it. I mean, it is a Thursday night of the Off Confusion podcast. Therefore, it should hold a significant place in your heart. Every Thursday holds a significant place in my heart. What can I say? Well, there you go. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this course, or, sorry, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific Conroy himself, Zelius. It's good to see you. Yes, good to be seen. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, this is the Thursday Night Hangouts, a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you. At any time during the show, if you would like to add your voice to uh, the discussion, either by adding an additional topic or thought or question, you could do so by dropping it in the chat. Uh, we are currently multi-streaming on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. So whatever your flavor of watching is, you can just drop it into the chat and we will try our best to cover it. If we do if we do unfortunately run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. All right. So the first topic, I'm sure Zelius is probably all over this already, but we're gonna talk about it anyways. It has been announced that there is a special PlayStation 5 controller that promises to uh, permanently get rid of stick drift, and it's only going to cost you $245. I was honestly not aware of this magical controller. Yes. Now, my question is, would you ever pay that much for a controller? <laughs> that's basically a, a system. I don't know if I believe them. Yeah, that too. Like, what makes the controller so magical that there's not going to be any stick drift? I don't know. Um, I mean, it'd be nice, obviously, but I mean, the controller is already what sixty or seventy bucks on a normal price. I know you can always get it on sale, yep. but like that's the MSRP. Um, I mean, the Nintendo one isn't a whole lot cheaper. No. Um, I mean, controllers. Nowadays are not a cheap proposition, and unfortunately, uh, controller lag or um, not lag, uh, Stick drift, drift is a real thing. Um, some games will be nice and allow you to compensate for that by being able to like toggle your dead zone. Um, yeah, it, it is an annoying thing, no doubt. I guess that is one advantage of the keyboard and mouse, is in theory, you're not going to have keyboard drift on your keyboard yeah. like your l key is not going to suddenly become your k key and then do a mistype same thing with your mouse although we've seen broken mouse over the years so i guess that's actually a thing yes we uh we we've, we've actually uh, <laughs> we actually know someone who who's was notorious for breaking mice yes um so yeah no i mean i get it and there will be a probably small market for it i can't imagine being a huge market for this um so we'll see what happens with the 250 dollars controller which let's say a lot of money for a controller just buy a switch um or you can buy like three controllers for the yeah, price exactly 
I don't know. Anyways, just thought that was interesting that someone's toting that for only $245, your place, you, a super special PlayStation 5 controller, which will never have stick drift. And like Zelia says, uh, I don't think that it's possible for someone to truly uh, promise you that because. So, hmm. okay. and so I'm looking at the controller now. Yep. I'm like, okay, what, what is this magical controller? Uh-huh. And one of the things that they do immediately is they basically on your left side, mm-hmm. which is probably inverted on the camera, um, they basically swap your D-pad with your analog controller, meaning like on the original PS5 controller, your two analog sticks are parallel to each other. Uh-huh. But on this one, it swaps these two, um, which that's what my Xbox controller is. So eh, personal preference on that one. Weird. Um, it is weird. Um, but I am curious of like, what is the magicness of it? Oh, I guess they're using the, um, they're using magnets is why. But can't magnets eventually become demagnetized? I mean, in theory, they shouldn't. Um, yeah, so that's the difference. It's it's basically called the Hall Effect because it's using magnets instead of using potentiometers and springs. Um, so I get, I mean, in theory, that should be fine. Because, yes, you're not going to lose the accuracy of the potentiometer. But at the same time, like at some point, there's going to be like a mechanical part in the controller somewhere. Because it's some, there's supposed to be some kind of force, magical or whatever it is, yeah. holding that stick like in the middle, right? Yep. Like yep. it's not going to be magically free floating. So from an accuracy perspective, yes, the Hall effect is much more accurate over time. There's zero debate about that, but that still doesn't prevent physical failure of, you're going to have to have a spring or something mm-hmm. um, to hold that joystick in place. Um, so I get it, but I'm still curious how it's going to magically stay in place, or maybe the magnets are able to be in such a way where it's actually the magnetic magnets is what's keeping it the force in place, I guess. Mm-hmm. In that case, it should actually work better. Well, if, if anyone out there buys this thing and, uh, you know, by all means, send us a video of you playing with it and, and see if it really is that much more amazing, if it's worth basically the cost of three controllers. Anyways, the next um, topic centers around the, the ever... Will the DC universe ever get it right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. How many reboots are we going to have until they finally get it right? Apparently, um, what uh, happened recently is that they did a pre-screening of Aquaman 2, oh. where the vast majority of the audience walked out halfway through the movie. That's not a good thing. Yeah, no, it's not a good thing. Like... If half the audience walks out at a free screening, that means it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 not bueno. But hasn't like Aquaman 2 also seems like some kind of terrible news has been always coming out about it? Yeah. 
It wasn't originally like delayed because of COVID and they had the whole Amber Heard thing. Yep. Uh, and it seems like crazy stuff just keeps on happening. Apparently, uh, I, I don't know Aquaman. I don't know the Aquaman comic book series very well, but apparently there is some scene uh, from the comic book series that's in the movie that caused everyone to basically vamoose halfway through the movie. Like, is that because of comic book knowledge or just because the scene of itself was so bad? I don't know. Huh. That's all I can tell you. I don't know either. Um, I did see recently that all, all the DC stuff apparently came to Amazon Prime. Huh. I thought all the DC just, stuff was with Max. I don't know. I just noticed on my Amazon Prime, like on my movie list, like all of the... Um, Wonder Woman stuff, the mm. Birds of Prey stuff, all that stuff, the their version of the Avengers, whatever it's called. Um, uh, Justice League. Thank you, Justice. I've not seen any of those. No, I saw the Wonder Woman, the first one. Yes. I've seen the first Aquaman. Yes. And I've seen the Christopher Nolan Batmans. Yeah, okay, yes. Those are... Okay, but that's Christopher Nolan. That's right, like exactly. That's an exception. Exactly. So yes, those were phenomenal, but that's because it was Christopher freaking Nolan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, those are great. Um, yeah. Beyond that, oh, the new Batman was actually good. I'm sorry, I just can't see Sparkles playing anything but a vampire. Look, he's under a mask most of the time, so you don't even know. I I can't do it. I can't. Yeah, he's he's got he's got a mask and he talks like he's always constipated. <laughs> oh yeah, now so, I really want to see it. It'd be fun watching it. You wouldn't even recognize him. Um, but it's it's good. You also have some other great actors as the enemies. That always uh -huh. helps. Um, so yeah, that, that was that was a good movie. I would recommend it. Maybe if I'm really desperate, I might watch it. I'm just saying, yeah, you, you got to open your illusionary horizons a little bit sometimes. Don't let prejudice mar your video viewing experience. Uh, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe one day I'll watch it. I'll go. probably get just be like, it'll probably be on somewhere. I'll be like, huh, what is this? And I'll sit and watch it. I don't think I'll, I will seek it out. How about that? I also have never seen him in Sparkles, so. Uh, uh, I've just, unfortunately seen, I haven't seen them all. There's four of them? Yeah. I think I've seen first, two. Yeah. I think the first two and then the last two are broken into the, yeah. the last one was broken into a two-parter. Yeah, I think that's right. For those who don't know what we're talking about, what we keep saying Sparkles, we're talking about Robert Patterson and um and of course sparkles is a reference to uh the twilight series or movie series yes. where vampires twinkle in the sunlight is that actually what they do they twinkle they don't burn alive they just twinkle is that really in, what happened in that in that movie universe that apparently they shiver like diamonds i don't know sure i'll yeah. take your word for it sure yeah and not on my to read list tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would actually like the movies, but I don't feel like reading them. There you go. Uh, so there is 
uh, speaking of movies and well-known directors, um, tell me if you know this name, J.J. Abrams. I just watched a movie by him last night. He apparently is being attached to a remake of an 80s sci-fi classic, which was also a flop, but is a cult classic, and that, of course, is Cruel. I don't know that one. K-R-U-L-L. If you saw the weapon that the guy sports, you'd be like, oh, I know that weapon. You may not know the movie, but you know the weapon. For a second there, I thought you were about to say Back to the Future. I was going to throw something No, out. no, 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 no. Uh, Zemeckis um, has that locked away. Like the, the, the amount of red tape that he's put around that, you can't touch it. The only way that you're able to make uh, any type of, I don't want to say remake, but your own version of no. Back to the Future is if it's a theatrical play. <laughs> okay. I, I can dig that. Which is what they, they had. There is a, I think it was in London. Uh, they had a Back to the Future uh, um, theater run over there. You but, got a bunch of random stuff in London you wouldn't actually know. Yeah. Because like, it's only like in London and yep. they're not, they don't go anywhere else. It's kind of entertaining. Yep. Um, I usually like J.J. Abrams type of stuff. So I like the Star Wars remakes, at least. They were fun. Yeah, I, you know, I just, um, I need to rewatch that movie. Uh, so the probably. first two of his are both on Netflix. No, I've, I've, I own all of them. Oh. All, I've never seen Star Wars. Oh, Star Trek. Star Trek Beyond, I think, is the third one that he did. I haven't seen that. Which one's the one that has gone? Uh, that's the second one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I've seen all three. But... See, my problem is anytime I see Zachary Quinto, I can only see him as um, Skyler. From Heroes. Still, who was at one time one of the greatest villains on TV. Mm-hmm. That man was downright just frightening. In like the first two seasons. See, the thing is, I never really got into heroes. So for me, um, he's always going to be that really creepy uh, serial serial killer doctor from um, American Horror. uh, I think it was like the second or the third season. It was messed up. I've not seen any American Horror Story, but him as like... I mean, he was creepy evil in um, Heroes. Mm-hmm. So him kind of doing a similar thing in another show. Dude, it is. Like, he gives off that vibe in a great actor way. So I'm actually intrigued now because yes. I'll say the first season of Heroes was phenomenal. That's what I've heard. And then just stopped. <laughs> yeah. It's like they ran out of material, just started throwing shit. Kind of like Lost. <laughs> Lost at least took a couple seasons to hit that wall. Yeah. Um, I'll say, like, Lost was good for a while. Uh, Heroes, just after season one, just went down the shitter right away in season two. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was a large part also due to the writer strike. I remember because that was back, like, right when some of the shows were right in the middle of the writer strike. Mm-hmm. And pretty sure season two of Lost was, like, right in that time frame. Right. Um, 
Whereas Lost, they just kind of lost him. Ha 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 ha. Or, yeah, or they started smoking things. Well, apparently they had a magic book that, that had, like, all the lore, and then they, I guess, decided not to use it or something? I don't know. It's something weird. Anyways. Mm. Uh, so be on the lookout for more information about that upcoming remake of the 80s classic. Um, all right. So last week we talked about a what was once a very developer friendly company and then they decided to I don't know kick everyone in the nuts and do crazy stuff I'm talking about Unity and uh the creators behind a very successful franchise called Terraria um has now come out and officially donated $200,000 to Unity, free Unity uh, competitors to help enhance those game engines so that indie developers uh, who are starting out have a viable alternative now that Unity has basically shoved their foot down their throat. Props to them. Yeah. I I will still be curious to see if this Unity move actually has any long-term effects. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of times we see stories like this, and people, ourselves include, they get a little bit perturbed, and we're like, this is dumb. I have a giant pitchfork. But then life goes on. And at the end of the day, Unity is still, from a game development engine, just technology-wise, mm-hmm. It still is a great technology for creating games. So if you're a developer at looking to make a game, it might suck, but at the end of the day, there's also a bit of like, well, it also makes great games. I think it should, so, I, I think what we'll probably see, and this is just my prediction, I think that the um, that the true impact on uh unity users is going to be the 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 bigger indie studios the ones that are going to make the numbers i think they're the ones who are going to leave i think that you're still going to see like you said it's a very it's a very robust system it it works very well it helps a lot i think when you if you're starting out i think that and you're not going to get those massive numbers to to incur that uh tax um that you're you're probably you have no reason to switch unless you're doing it for solidarity reasons and that's just for solidarity that's a pretty huge move to make just because of solidarity yeah because in the end of the day who's gonna act because in the end as a developer your goal is to sell games right right and to be honest like of gamers aren't going to really care what engine you're actually making your video game with. Agreed. All they care about is the the pixels on the screen. Unless, uh, unless of course, there's some brainiac there who wants to do some work pro bono and create an exporter that basically Mm. takes a a Unity project and exports it into one of these other engines. Yeah, I saw there is an AI project to do exactly that. The thing is, like, you know, 
smooth transitions. If it can be smoothly transitioned between one engine to another, then yeah, the exodus might be much bigger. But if there's like you have to come, you have to go back to square one with you know a lot of the stuff or um the the uh the axis the axes are you know inverted in some regard then yeah no one's going to change in theory this should be where the actual power of artificial intelligence actually helps mm. uh, instead of you know just crazy i'm cheating on my paper things like this is exactly where kind of like you said those complicated things would actually be the perfect place to leverage ai yeah to do these kind of things to literally harness that hive mind power yeah so still at some point obviously requiring a human to be like did it actually work yes yeah yes there there has to be someone who will do a human check <laughs> to to make sure that it's actually doing what it's supposed to what if my computer i label my computer as a human does that count no because it can't it can't uh pass the turing test that's what it wants you to think it's just psyching us out no nah. because then the computer knows they'll be subject to like laws and other things and as long as it's not you know they can fly under the radar tax returns mortgages utility bills you know the whole nine yards. Stop, Nakamoto. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. I, I think the Unity Impact, I'd give it a year. Until see, nobody... see if anything really happens or, you know, it's it's all just a bunch of people screaming with pitchforks and, and torches. But in the end, either the transition to another platform is a little bit too complicated or the amount of um, developers who hit that magic threshold is so minimal that it's not going to make a difference. I imagine it would really take the bigger AAA developers to move away from Unity would be really the only thing that honestly moves the browser. Right. Um, like if they start to move, like, okay, now you have a problem. But as long as you're 98% of clientele, which is who Unity is catering to. Right. That's what the big beam counters care about now. Right. And there might have been a time where that was not true. It's very possible where, you know, 10 years ago, they really did care about, you know, as we call it, the little man, the Indies. Mm -hmm. um, but you kind of see it, it's cyclical with all companies where there comes a certain tipping point where they might give, you know, lip service to caring about all the customers. Uh, but the reality is you only care about the top 99% mm -hmm. who like it's your 10 customers. Right. Um, you know, in it, we call it like the three letter companies, like, well, not three letter companies, but like your IBMs and your apples and like those big companies, like, you know, if you're like a Cisco shop, you're only going to care about those companies. You don't care right. about other people. Like right, right. it's known when Cisco bought, um, Oracle. Yes. Thank you. Oracle. Like, Oracle doesn't give a shit about you and me. Like they're only caring about their top 10 clients. That's oh, believe me. That's 99% of the business. So that's all like Oracle cares about. That's a perfect example. So I met, and there was a time where they didn't, where they cared about all their customers. But once you kind of get those big 
whales who are now so entrenched into your service that they also can't go to anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I imagine it's not too dissimilar with Unity. Right. Well, like I said, we'll see. I would say the one difference with Unity versus like an Oracle situation with like Unity, you can, in theory, yep. not saying it's easy, you could change game development engines in between games. Yes. Which is what so some that, of some of the yeah. um, the the developers who have had um, successful titles uh, on Unity are are basically announcing is that they're changing engines, but uh, yeah. for their sequel. That I could that I could actually see happening down the road. Yeah, um, like, like I said, unless there's some kind of exporter that allows you to basically take a Unity project and put it into something else. Your best bet, if you're going to change engines, is you wait until a new project. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, my biggest worry as a developer, if I were in the seat of a developer, mm-hmm. would be what's the next thing you're going to change unilaterally without telling me? Right. And that's basically what this was. That would be my big fear of like what crazy pricing scheme are they going to come up next? Because they've shown they'll just change it at any time. Right, right. All right. So, <clears throat> ironically, uh, something that Zelius made mention of, um, AI, uh, has come in the news as a bad thing. Gasp. Um, a very well-known author, known for his uh, long-ass series that uh, had a successful HBO run, and uh, will kill any character. Um, George R. R. Martin is now joining in a lawsuit against. Um, oh my gosh, where where is it? I've got my notes here. Uh, Open AI uh, for copyright infringement. Mm. Which, of course, you know, Open AI and all those other AI systems. Basically, they just they take samples from everything and then they kind of smush it together and give you an amalgamation so that you could call it your own uh, which you know there are a lot of companies out there now that are having to word their contracts with we won't accept ai generated content it has to be original and apparently their uh, open ai is able to give you i guess manuscripts that are very much like uh, a game of ice at the, uh, Ice and Fire. That can just be resold as a new book. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if I'm an author, I can understand being pretty thanks about that. Um, I wish I had a good solution, but I don't. I, this is, it's not going away. No. I mean, anybody can install an AI program on the computer and do this and then resell it and because it's not a straight verbatim you know, verbatim ripoff yeah you can sell as your own work um yeah i don't know it's it's tough um i mean there's obviously benefits to ai and there's going to be things like this where it has questionable um side effects such as this mm-hmm. And once again, like what we've we've talked about this several times is um, uh, with the AI generated art, how how to deter 
the, with AI generated, you know, books, uh, scripts, all that stuff, how to truly tell the difference between was this AI generated or was this basically someone's love letter to a series in which they just changed some stuff. Um, cause case in point, uh, I don't know why I know this. I, actually, I do know, but I'm not going to, whatever. Um, the the heavily popular uh, book series from a couple, uh, not a couple of years, but a while ago, uh, oh. was it the uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey series is yep. actually, was actually based off a fanfic for Twilight. And they just changed yep. the names and changed the location and got rid of the, you know, the sci-fi werewolves and vampires and ta-da! So, you know, and then let's and let's be honest, there's a lot of authors out there that it looks like they literally take they they plagiarize their own stuff just so that they can meet a uh, a certain word count. I mean, isn't that basically the history of video games in a way where you're sure. kind of copying one genre into another no. just with a slight change on maybe how you do skills? But at the end of the day, there's only so many ways to hack and slash and cast spells, particularly visually, to kill hundreds of zombies and skeletons. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this has been ongoing. I mean, think about it. Like, Blizzard years ago, I'm sure they would have loved to have been able to copyright the idea of a um, hack and slash game with Diablo 1. Yep. So anything else that looks like a hack and slash is violating copyright. They would have loved that would have been like the golden dream mm-hmm. of any company to be able to do that. Thankfully, it hasn't happened because otherwise you would have new video games. Um, so this has been an ongoing thing forever, really, with art mediums as far as or if you want to really cut through, just look at the fashion industry. Yeah. Where it's that's a whole other rat hole to go down as far as like what is copyright, what is not copyright. I don't freaking know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and same thing with books is how many different ways can you tell the origin story of the farmer who is the reluctant hero and turns out to be the long lost descendant of, oh wait, is actually the great, 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 great son of the evil guy. Didn't see that one coming. And here's the twist. The evil guy is actually the savior who saves the world. Well, actually, I thought he originally saved the world a millennium ago but now he's been corrupted by his own saviorness and he's been corrupted by his power and he has to be stopped. Even though, yes, you're right. He was the original savior of the world. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. I can think of quite a few games and books that follow that formula. He started off with such good intentions, but was it absolute power corrupts? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I mean, that's the story of even so many antagonists, even if you don't make them. I mean, how many books in CV series have you seen where that's the goal of the antagonist? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the whole thing of the Sith aren't evil, right? Yep. Where it's like they just want to have power so that they can help basically quell all of the unrest to make everyone live in peace. I mean, that's basically the tagline of every dictatorship in every single genre ever. Is just obey and everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's about as classic a troop as you can possibly find. Right. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully, you can't sue over it because that would be terrible. 
Um, so again, the lot the question comes, where is that line of, you know, you're reusing an idea that's been recycled for generations. I mean, think about it. nowadays, like EA would try to probably copyright the idea of an elf. Like if it became as popular as it was, but nobody can use elves unless they license it from us. Right. Um, so yeah, where is that line of just reusing somebody's idea that's been done before versus straight up copyright infringement? I don't know the answer. Um, but yeah, I do agree that me taking an application, let's mm -hmm. just say OpenIA, a open AI, mm -hmm. saying like rewrite without really any put for me these three different books, like that's not cool. Yeah. I can get behind. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's varying degrees of that. And that's why I was, you know, you look at Photoshop nowadays and by God, that's a freaking AI application with what it can do. Mm -hmm. Um being able to Photoshop somebody's head, you used to actually have to know what you have. Like, you actually used to have to know how to do that. To take your head, like, draw a little uh, lasso around the head, and used to not be incredibly intuitive. And now you just say, like, Photoshop a head, and it automatically does it for you. Yep. Like, it's easy. To me, that's AI. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's... That's where that line's become incredibly blurred over the years. And then, I mean, I've seen what is it the uh, the commercials? Um, uh, it's the small business commercials. I think it's Grammarly. Oh yes. Like you can, you could, you've got this little slide dial that gives you know like a, a you know a different tone to the sentence you're trying to to uh, to propose. I mean. That's why a lot of companies actually don't allow Grammarly. Yeah. Because it's AI. I mean, it is, and it's all sitting up to a magic cloud. Yes, the magic cloud. A magic cloud. And who knows what's happening to your magic proposals that are supposed to be, like, secret. Well, I mean, they've got to learn. And they can't just learn just from your stuff. So it's going to sample everybody's stuff. So it's equal opportunity data mining? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause real quick to um, to show some love and respect to those individuals who help Alter Confusion be the Alter Confusion that you love and adore. So without further ado, let's give you the friends of the show. And to start it off, we're going to go with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. 
The next shout-out we got to give is to the AV master himself, Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Now let's talk about the individual who can help get all of those kinks and and pains <clears throat> in your gaming body after a very long session. Ladies and gentlemen, here at Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, ex- creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. <coughs> now we've got to give some love and respect to the music maestro himself, Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. <clears throat> and the final one that we got to give a shout out to is the original backer of Alter Confusion. That, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both the development team and system administration team working on satellites in at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the agile evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you're just dying to know how do I become a friend of the show. Well, you're in luck. I'm about to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you... Fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, mummies, werewolves, swamp creatures, vampires, boogeymen, and supporters to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability to we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two different tiers we got the one dollar a month tier it's one dollar a month or twelve dollars a year and that gets you early access to the playthroughs as well as patron uh, the ability to participate in patron only posts and polls now if you're feeling super duper frisky uh, you could bump it up to the five dollars a month that's five dollars a month or sixty dollars a year not only do you get everything at the one dollar tier but you also gain your name or organization added to every single friends of the show section of the thursday night Hangouts. So if you want to become a patron of Alter Confusion, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion. 
Then the next thing we got to do, because this has uh, been important to Alter Confusion for a very, very long time. Ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 12 years straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best. Game! to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. All right, now let's get back into the topics here. The next one we got to talk about is um, last week we talked about the fact that uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has a release date, at least for the PlayStation. And now it is coming out um, that the total game size, hard, uh, hard drive uh, size has been released, and that is this bad boy is going to take 150 gigs off of your hard drive. It is that robust and awesome that it's going to take 150 gigs. That's a far cry from the uh, seven CDs you had to play their OG Final Fantasy seven on. Was it seven? I thought it was four. It was four. Baldur's Gate, though, that was... How many CDs was Baldur's Gate? Really want, man, remember the old, the, the good old days with the multiple floppy disk drives? Oh yeah, I've got. Uh, I used to have um, uh, Might and Magic. I think it was Might and Magic three, uh, and it was like seven, uh, three and a half floppies. And all it took was one of the floppy disk drive having a sector error. Sorry, no game for you. I'm sorry. Did you really want to play the game? No, not really. Okay, great. So for those who don't know, back in the day, especially with the PS2, if a game like Final Fantasy VII, where it had multiple discs, you actually, like, in between like certain acts specifically, would like require you to change disc. And the better part was like some games where you had to travel like back and forth to previous and old districts, you might go like disc one, two, four, and then back to two randomly. Yep. When we go play disc three. Who knows? It's coming eventually. But yeah, you could definitely be doing some disc swapping depending on how you traverse the uh, world. Yeah, those those uh, multi-disc games uh, with the open world um, concept was just murder. Because literally, you you just want to explore. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, by the way, uh, you went into this area, it's going to be disc five. And then, of course, you're getting your ass whoops. So you have to go back. Oh, disc two. So you go a different direction and apparently uh you're basically butting up against like the uh, a certain section that actually resides on three different discs and so you just like bounce it between all three of them yeah it's a lot of fun yeah the other I thing is the, that that back in the day you didn't have the the hard drive space to hold all of that stuff on the game so that your game lived on those discs to help alleviate the lack of hard drive space Okay, 150 gigabytes for a single-player game, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Especially so if you have both Remake and now whatever the second one's called. Rebirth. Uh, what's that? Rebirth. Rebirth? I mean, that's a whole lot of data. 
Now, I have to say that I saw the trailer and it looks amazing. I'm sure it does. I have no doubt. Um, and apparently, because it's the middle one, the second one, yep. they can kind of go and basically do whatever they what they want. Because yep. like the first third, you kind of have to set up the story of that stuff. The last third, you're kind of working towards a conclusion. But for the middle third of a story, the gloves are out. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, you still got to do fan service. However... I know that we uh, last week we were talking about, uh, you know, when you're doing remakes, or remasters, whatever. Uh, the there was a rumor that uh, Vincent Valentine was going to be left out. Uh, now it's coming out that uh, that was kind of um, miscommunication. What people are trying to really talk about was the fact that just like in the first one uh, remake, uh, Red Thirteen is not a playable character. He basically just joins your squad right at the end of the uh, remake. And apparently Vincent is going to basically be the Red 13 of the second part. So he's not going to be an active member. He, You won't be able to control him. He'll do his own shit uh, at some point during the game. Based off of remake, I'm leaving my faith to Square Enix to make another great final fantasy remake honestly yeah yeah i i I, I don't think i don't think that that one caveat that one little thing is going to ruin it uh i loved every minute of remake um and the just the 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 way that they fleshed out the story they kept true to the story but they also kind of went their own way so that they filled the the uh holes and also allowed for uh, more lore and more, you know, backstory to be added. And it looks like they're going to do the same thing again with the second part. So I know the one thing people wanted more of in the first one is more of like an open world, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of glad like it wasn't open world. Cause you know how I like my games. Well, it's, it was um, an open city. True. Um, but I would not be surprised if, um, the second remake yep. went to be more like an open world, kind of like a classic Final Fantasy, yep. where you're just roaming around and always being attacked by random mobs. The my one thing that I'm very interested um, to see is if you can actually return to Shinra, or if it's all everywhere but that, because the way that the, the game, the last one, the the way that the uh, remake ended, it it kind of made the ability to go back kind of not possible. <laughs> so I'll it's be a video game. Anything's possible. Yeah, well, that's true. We're just going to retcon that. It never happened. Ah, uh, yes. The mighty retcon. Actually, I don't see, I don't see a retcon happening. Like as it never happened, Yeah. but like something happens and all of a sudden, like halfway through, you can go back. Like, oh, like look, there's a magic portal that was there the whole time that you couldn't see because it was you were standing two feet to the left. But when you stand over here, it's obvious. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, All I well, know is that it's going to be amazing. It's actually Yuffie had to sacrifice her soul to open the portal. Oh, boy. Poor Yuffie. That, that's going to be the big shocker this time. Oh, God. No more dying. 
<laughs> no more die. No more dying ever again in Final Fantasy. Is that your new tagline? Yep. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna work. Sorry. I know. A man can hope, though. You will enjoy it. A man can hope. Anyways, okay, so um, the final topic I have right here uh, is the fact that the Twitch Twitch CEO, or the CEO of Twitch, uh, has come out and basically said that he's kind of he's kicking around the idea of giving certain permaband streamers a second chance. Now, um, I know for a fact that there have been a lot of streamers or there's been quite a few streamers that have gotten about as close to a permaban as possible, but then have been reinstated. So if you really got permaban, you would have I, done something pretty sketch. Yeah, and I also think that whatever this guy, whatever the CEO is doing or talking about, I don't think it will extend to every permaban streamer. I think there's probably going to be a subset, like a case by case scenario. Yeah. Um, but it's ultimately coming down to would it bring profitability to Twitch? Right. Or or are we did we lose that much profit with the the banning sure. of this streamer? Like and also what was the streamer what did he get banned for? Right. Um like was it something strictly illegal, like certain types of porn? Then yeah, keep the permaban probably in that case. Um, so I think it definitely depends on what it was for, um, and how many viewers, like I would imagine the more viewers they had when they got banned, the more light chance that they would get a second review would be my assumption. I would also want to know if they would have to like sign agreement about that. They will refrain from the activity that caused them to be banned in the first place. It's not like yeah, you can I'm, say, hey, I'll give you a second chance. Go back to doing what exactly got you banned in the first place. I would assume that there'd be some kind of communication or a conversation of like, hey, we're giving you a second chance. Even though you got booted for X, Y, Z, we're watching you, bro. Yeah. Basically. I would guess. Um, probation. Yeah. A probationary. A probationary. Indefinite probationary period. Mm-hmm. Step out of line, you're gone. I don't know. Maybe you should get banned and find out. See what it takes. I think we'd have to be a little bit higher on the radar in order to do that. Mm. And I'd seriously doubt. I mean, I would ban myself if I started trying to do the bikini in the hot tub. What if we created our own radar? Wait, what? You're going to get a bikini on the show? I think you're on something. Uh, that's. No, I would ban myself if I did that. Ultra confusion goes wild. Oh, Lord. You do not want to see my pasty whiteness. I mean, somebody along the line had to approve of it. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, that's it for all the topics I have. Now, uh, I do want to go, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, once again, uh, for anyone in the audience, if you have any questions or topics, you could drop them in there. Otherwise, I am going to, it's either going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm going to go talk about the game that I've been playing to death, and that is Starfield. Uh, I was telling Zelius earlier on that, um, I don't know, I think because I put so much time in the game, I'm kind of seeing behind the curtain a little bit and seeing 
all of the shortcomings of this of this game, and it's starting to really annoy the shit out of me. But if you've made it eighty hours into the game, how much of a shortcoming is it actually? Because I am, I'm the kind of person who can easily get lost in repetitious activity. But even I am hitting that point where like I I don't want to repeat this anymore. What is the repetitiousness mostness in the game? Uh, I would, like I said, uh, before the show, and I'll explain it now because we're doing the show. Um, there, when you land on a planet, uh, and you turn on your sensor, uh, you will see these indication indicators of saying there's something, there's a building over there. There's something over there. And when you get there, it's going to be, I think it's going to be like one of eight different types of buildings. And that specific type of building is going to have the exact same layout on every single planet across the universe. Mm. So if you've seen one cryogenic lab, you've seen them all. The only difference is that um, if you may have, there might be like these freelance pirates or... Uh, it might be this specific pirate group called the Crimson Fleet. And if you screw up like I did, or maybe do exactly what I did because I'm a mischievous mofo um, and become part of the Crimson Fleet, half of the places that are populated by bad guys, you no longer have to worry about. You just stroll through there and pick up random shit. Now, that being- when you go to other places, like if you go to a good zone, are you now considered evil? No, because I paid my bounty. Ah, so it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Now that being said, I did. Uh, uh, I did jump into a uh, a dogfight, and my first shot accidentally hit one of the uh, the enforcers, and so I ended up having to kill both sides of the dogfight. <laughs> but I, like I said, I paid my bounty. I'm good. The other, it's good to know that if you incur the wrath of the law, all you have to do is pay off the bounty. Yeah. Actually, the thing that I found really annoying is the fact that I've, I've gotten in basically Bethesda games like Skyrim and, um, and Starfield. Or sorry. Yeah. Skyrim or Starfield or Oblivion or, or whatever you want to um, do. You have so much crap you could pick up. Yep. And the sad, the frustrating thing for me is that there's so much crap to pick up that when I'm trying to sell it to make space, either on my person or uh, empty out my cargo hold, there is no place that I could sell all my stuff because vendors have only a limited amount of credits. And then oh you have gosh. to wait sometimes an astronomical amount of time for them to get enough credits back so they could buy your stuff. And the real, um, the, the one that's really a kick in the nuts is since I'm Crimson Fleet, so I'm a pirate, um, they have a, a place that you can um, uh, sell uh, contraband items. If you have <laughs> contraband items on your ship and you try to go into 
one of them that's being regulated by one of the space forces, they'll arrest you and you'll have to pay off your fine. So sure. you want to sell that stuff. But unfortunately, once again, they have a very limited amount of money on hand. And so I'm stuck with like all this contraband stuff that I can't do anything with. I can't even fly into systems that have those governing bodies. That's some massive realism. Yes. And then the the final thing that really gets um, old is once again, I'm going to go back to the, I'm going to go back to the Crimson Fleet. Um, when you're out in those randomly generated buildings and there's Crimson Fleet, they literally have four things they're going to say when you walk by them and they're going to repeat them in different voices sometimes, but Ooh. it's still going to be the same thing. As long as the credits are rolling in, we're good. Um, I'm glad you're with the Crimson Fleet. If you weren't, I would have already killed you. And oh. some other stuff. I mean, it's literally, I'm just like, oh, my God. If anyone tuned into my stream, you'll see that I start talking back to them at some point. Because I'm, like, losing my shit. I'm like, look, if I wasn't in the Crimson Fleet, it wouldn't be me who's dead. I would have put all you fuckers into the ground. Because I could one-shot everybody. You still should. I Technically, I, ha I, I did for one because I was Crimson Fleet. But in order to complete this story mission, I had to kill a Crimson Fleet leader. So the guy just, the guy took it. He didn't fight back. I just killed him. He's like, oh, oh, no, oh. Making your goal to kill everyone in every single planet. I've thought about that. <laughs> like, but I'm not that kind of guy. You're not our fair yeah. enough. However, right now the I, I'm like in a subset of quests where it's all corporate uh, sabotage, so or espionage. That's what I meant. I guess here's a question for you. Yeah. The uh, 2.0 version in the expansion of Cyberpunk 2077 are coming out. Yeah. I know you delved deep into Cyberpunk at one time, so yep. did these intrigue you at all? It does to some extent because I've heard that this this magical DLC update is supposed to like bring everything truly full circle and supposed to blow everyone's mind. But at the same time, I know how much time I invested in it, and I just don't know if I've got the willpower <laughs> or the drive to do as much as I need to to truly get that experience. That's understandable. The other reason I think that I'm uh, the, the, about it's twenty percent off right now. I'm actually tempted to buy it. Well, there you go. Um, the I don't need it, man, but I need it. The other thing is with Starfield is I am I don't remember exactly what level I am, but the grind is getting just absolutely bananas uh, mm. between levels. Um, I can see that. Where I'm literally taking on every single mission I can get my hand on, even if. It, the mission ends up being so effing vague that I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Just so I could get more than the uh, 20 experience or 60 experience for killing a bad guy. Or the 20 experience for successfully scanning uh, the same variety of plant on a planet, I think it's eight times, in order to get the 20%, uh, yeah, 20 XP. 
what is there the main story quest that you're supposed to be doing or main storyline? Uh, so I'm base. I think I'm basically right at the cusp of finishing that. And I don't want to, I feel like if I try to finish it now, I'm going to get my ass handed to me and I don't want to die. Also, I just, I, I, I now can. Can you bring I, all your Crimson Raiders with you? No. That would That's be nice though. Bring like a whole war. I mean, it's, it's reasonable. It seems realistic. I mean, the game's going to be realistic to you and have like all of the merchants have like a bank account. You should also be able to bring your allies to like take on enemies. It only seems reasonable. True. Uh, actually, the the one hurdle that I've got to uh, pass is I've got to have a ship that could go an, um, a certain amount of light years away on their their uh, dimensional drive. Uh, oh dear! So you're back to the whole like how to build a ship thing. Yes, I I will have to build one more ship. Oh. Um, I could keep you enamored for another 30 hours. Oh, yay. This is incompatible with this. Fan-fantastic, you douchebags. No, I, you know, I like the ship that I'm flying right now. It just it's, can't go far enough. It could only go 19 <laughs> light years instead of 21. It's, I need a 21 light years. I'm two light years short. Damn it. And I can't like puddle jump to someplace closer. It's it's a it's a twenty one straight shot. Look, if I learn anything about watching the new Star Trek movies, you can just push the throttle a little bit harder, and they'll make it the twenty one light years, and you'll be fine. Aha! It might everything might start rattling. Just empty out your cargo hold, make it lighter, because we all know that uh, lighter ships can go further. So apparently I. I was not paying attention to this, but I've basically played 70 hours of the game without uh, upgrading or enabling the ability to use the jetpack. Uh, so, like, one thing that I cannot stand about this game is that certain amount, a certain, like, degrees of elevation will stop you dead in your tracks, and you'll just, and it's, like, very minute sliding backwards, but you can't really tell, but you can't jump. Uh, you can jetpack. You can jetpack, but in order to here, here's the kicker in order to initiate the jetpack, you first have to jump. Well, I thought you said you couldn't jump. What you have to do is you have to go back slightly until you can, you basically jump back and then hit the, the jetpack and try to throw yourself forward. Uh, so it's like those games where like you're a superhero and you get blocked by like a cone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you just kick the cone out of the way? Nope. Sorry. That's the indestructible cone of Thanos. Well, it's like those, those, uh, horror games where you could see the broken door. You could like the door is broken. Right. You can literally reach through the door and grab the doorknob on the other side, but the door is locked permanently. You cannot come through this door. I mean, you can't also take your fire axe and break open the door. Oh, can't do that either. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes. But, you know. I, once again, I have found, and I know that I've said this many times, when it comes to stealth, that is not my forte. 
And I tried really hard, really hard. And this is why I joined the Crimson Fleet, <laughs> because there was a couple of missions where I had to, I was an undercover agent for the security bureau, but I, but I am not stealthy. So I ended up having to kill people in order to achieve the, the objective and they frowned upon it and they kicked me out. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm Crimson Fleet now. There you go. Problem solved. Ta-da! At least you know how to play the game. Yeah. On your second playthrough, you can play as a different character. No, thank you. No, thank you. You're not one of those people. You get like three different playthroughs, each having a different storyline on how to interpret the game. Also, the uh, the romance in this game is literally like grade school level. It's like, oh, hi, love. You're so you're so amazing. Ah, uh, we should be together. I don't want to share you. And there's like the only, I guess, maybe romantic interaction you get is if you, uh, if the the person that you're romantically involved with is your current like helper, and you decide to take a extended nap, the screen goes black and it counts down the hours that you're napping. And when you yep. wake up, there they are beside you. Or Whoa. still in the bed when you stand up, and they're like, "Well, I learned some stuff uh, from our time we spent together." I'm like, "What is this? <laughs> I learned <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I just, I just watched a, I just watched a number decrease from 12, 11, 10, 9. and that's it's a black screen, and literally the hours that are left of you sleeping." You just got to use your imagination with the numbers counting down. Oh, Lord. But, yeah. I've... Part of me really wants to see the end of this game at this point. And part of me... I I don't know. The thing is, like like I said, the, the, the grind is insane. There are certain star systems that are way above my level um, right now. And I like I don't I don't feel like I've even cracked half of the the skills. So maybe what I think is the end isn't the end. But at the same time, I put eighty hours into the game, so you would think that I'm getting close. I don't know. You will just have to continue to find your way to build your twenty-one light hour spaceship and yes. find out. Yes, yes. Zealus, have you been playing anything? I've not been playing so much as I finally watched a show about a game, um, Queen's Gambit. And? So when Queen's Gambit first came out, yep. I was like, how interesting can a show about chess actually be? Yep. Well, I was totally wrong. I binged the entire thing, and it is, like, in my opinion, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, from the acting to the story, and just everything about it, like mm-hmm. the scenes were like they're moving fucking chess pieces, and like your heart's on the edge of like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? They're moving chess pieces. Yeah, that shouldn't actually be possible, and yet they pulled it off. Good storytelling, um, man. It was phenomenal storytelling. So yes, I was much more impressed with the Queen's Gambit than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I did thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that show. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that was, I did. It was not playing a game. Um, 
really the only game I'm playing during the day is Hero Incremental 2. Oh, um, yes. It's an incremental game. Um, playing a short burst. Uh, I feel like incremental games on the PC, it's a fun game. I like it. Uh, the nice, actually, one thing I actually really like about it, you cannot play for like five days. Mm-hmm. And when you come back, you get all the experience and items and shit from those five days. Because mm-hmm. um, we've all played the games where like, you don't check in every 12 hours. FOMO, fear of missing out because you missed out all that extra, you know, four and a half days of stuff. Or the but cap this, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or the cap. But now this, whenever you check back in, boom, you just get all your stuff. Nice. Um, which to me is like, oh, that's nice. It's always yeah, nice. It's like, yeah. So it's a, it's a good little incremental game uh, that I do enjoy play. There you go. Yeah. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen. I think that, unfortunately, we've reached the end of our show. Um, I do want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving everything from our heads, our mouths, and, of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. And remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that, brother.